Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Welcome to Stupidity, home of the greatest media mind ever to walk the planet. I tell you what, man, he's a literal titan across the entire media landscape. Okay, so here's the deal. He's a true icon in every sense of the word. He's loved and feared more than any being to grace this planet. There's two guys, a man with a voice that sounds like Barry White and Beyonce had a Jewish baby. God himself would pay $39.99 for a cameo. Fact of the matter is, you are about to embark on a transcendent experience that can only be described as psychological nudity. This is Stu Goss, and this is Stupidity. Here we go, Jim. Tony! Welcome into another episode of Stupidity, the biggest podcast in the world, thanks to you. Please subscribe, rate, and review. Unsubscribe, resubscribe, re-rate, re-review. You have made us the biggest podcast on the planet. How about that? Biggest on the planet. And I'll tell you what, if we ever get to Mars, I mean, if Musk ever gets us there, uh, I'll tell you what, we'll dominate there too. How about stupidity? I mean, let's do it. Uh, No radio shows in Mars. I want to be the first sports radio show on Mars. Uh, How about that? I mean, take over two planets in one lifetime. Anyway, uh, here's what we're doing on today's episode. We're going to have Kirk Morrison on. He is fantastic. He's a former linebacker for the Oakland Raiders, born and raised in Oakland and then drafted by the Raiders. How cool is that? Led the league in tackles, uh, had over 100 tackles like four or five years. Very, very good football player, linebacker for the Raiders. Uh, But more importantly, an amazing personality, great storyteller, blew us away. We taped it yesterday, okay? Mikey A was so blown away that he's not here today uh, with me taping the open. He's still recovering from Kirk Morrison. I'm serious. That's how good he was. That's a total lie, but it sounded good, right? Anyway... Uh, I'm excited. I'm excited for you because I am telling you, all right, that this is going to be extraordinary. In fact, this is the second one of these this week that kind of surprised us a little bit. Brian McFadden was fantastic. You guys loved him. But I knew McFadden would be good. Uh, I have never met Kirk Morrison. Um, It was pitched to Mikey A. Mikey A said, let's do it. Kirk Morrison came on and he lit up this podcast. I'm not joking. Like, fantastic. Just great storytelling. 
and a great personality. So I'm excited for that. Um, and he'll be joining us here in a couple of minutes. Uh, we are brought to you by DraftKings, by the way. And I listen, I have to address this real quick. The New York Knicks. And people bashing the Knicks and bashing their fans for the way they're acting. Now, the guy um, who spit on Trey Young, bash him all you want. I think he's been banned uh, from Madison Square Garden, and he should be. Um, wow, look at James Dolan actually getting one right. Uh, so here is, uh, listen, you want to mock us, you want to mock the Knicks. I just want to explain to people why this is so important. And I got to be honest with you. Uh, we got the, uh, listen, we got the home split. We go back to Atlanta 1-1, but, uh, you know, it's not the greatest of scenarios that Julius Randle is playing horribly. Uh, but I feel like I've won a Larry O'Brien trophy. Uh, I feel like, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I feel like we should have had a parade <laughs> this morning after that winning game two, uh, at Madison Square Garden. Um, I just want to explain to people why the Knicks are so important to that city and that area. And let me start by saying, They're important to you, too. You need them. I need them. We need them. The league needs them. Everyone needs them. You need them. That's what you have LeBron tweeting about them in the middle of the game last night about how crazy the crowd was at Madison Square Garden. I don't want to hear about it. I just, I, I, I absolutely do not want to hear about it, okay? The NBA needs the Knicks. Everyone needs the Knicks to be good. They do. Uh, but I want to explain to you why that team is so important, why we get so excited. Hey, they've been lousy forever. Uh, it's just been dreadful. And not only have they been lousy, it's been embarrassing, okay? A complete embarrassment. I mean, Oakley getting thrown out of the arena, all of it. I mean, James Dolan, just all of it. It's been awful. Who cares more about, you know, cares more about the band he uh, he plays in than he does about his own team. Um, and remarkably runs the Rangers very, very well. But the Knicks, nah. Um, so this is why it's important, okay? I have always said the most important team in that town is not the Jets. It's certainly not the Jets. Oh, my God. I can't even believe I started in the Jets. No, it's not the Jets, okay? Um, it's not the Giants, despite winning, you know, a few Super Bowls. It is not the Yankees. It is not the Mets. It's not the Islanders. It's not the Rangers. It's the Knicks. It's the only team, of course, the Rangers do too, but New York doesn't care about hockey. We care about hockey, but not the way we care about basketball. We pride ourselves on basketball, that building. But here's why. It's the only team that plays smack in the center of New York City. They're playing, I mean, them and the Rangers. But again, we don't care about hockey the way we do about basketball, okay? And there's some legacy there with some championships, and they had the great years with Riley and Jeff Van Gundy, and then just a complete disaster for the last couple of decades. But that is the only team that plays in the middle of Manhattan, and that's the only place, fan base, city, building, team, combination of all those things, that really captures the vibe and the essence of New York City. It does. I mean, that is the energy that you feel in that building. That's what you feel like on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night in Manhattan. That's what it feels like. I mean, and so it's remarkable. It just means so much to us. And that's why it has the feel that it has. Because if you think about it, all the other teams, the Jets played at Shea Stadium. Now they've been out in New Jersey for a while. The Giants out in New Jersey. These are New York teams, okay? The Yankees playing the Bronx. The Mets playing an absolute dump flushing Queens, New York, okay? Islanders have been out on the island most of the time, and uh, the Rangers, the other team. And don't even get me started on the Nets. That's a New Jersey team. No one cares. In fact, here's what I'll tell you, okay? Derrick Rose, with one half of basketball, became more popular in the state and city of New York, okay? In New York City, Derrick Rose, with one half, became more popular than Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and James Harden combined, okay? 
That's it. In one half, it doesn't matter if the Knicks win another game in this series. In one half, Derrick Rose became more popular, more beloved in that city than those three combined, even if they win a championship. No one cares about the Nets. No one. And no one cares about those three. Uh, Reggie Bullock became more popular. He did. Uh, Reggie Bullock in one half became more popular um, than those three combined. Uh, Kevin Durant has mismanaged his career. Whew. I am not certain anyone has mismanaged their career more so than Kevin Durant. Uh, seriously. Uh, let me tell you right now. He wins a title with the Nets. Doesn't count. None of his titles count. Okay. Derrick Rose won a title last night. Uh, Derrick Rose has more championships than KD. Uh, what a great take that is. Duponity. But that's why it means so much. That team plays in the center of Manhattan. There are two basketball, there's, excuse me, two football teams, two baseball teams, two hockey teams, okay? Unfortunately, we've all been saddled with this one basketball team, and we love them to death, okay? In good times and bad times, we love them to death. Giant fans, Jet fans normally don't like each other. We come together for the Knicks, okay? Mets and Yankees, same thing. We come together for the Knicks. Islanders, Rangers, same thing. We come together for the New York Knicks. That's why this is so important. That's why it feels like we won a championship just because we won a single home game. We love this team. There are really no superstars. It is Reggie Bullock, Alec Burks, and Derrick Rose. I mean, we are winning with Bulls teams of uh, 10 years ago and a couple of Pistons. How about that? This is unbelievable. I love them. It's uh, Thibs, the butcher. So that is why uh, it means so much. Listen, they will never fire Thibodeau. Uh, seriously. They will build a statue, even if he doesn't win a title. But just, just because he, he made them relevant. Just because he made them normal. Just because we're not an embarrassment anymore. Thank you, Tom. We appreciate it. Um, so that's why it means so much to us. Uh, it's, it's the one team that the entire city comes together for. We're not divided, okay? It's not the Jets, Giants. It's not the Mets and Yankees. It's not the Rangers and Islanders. Uh, the only other team that had this feeling, the only other team that had this feeling uh, was the New York Cosmos back in the day. But now, of course, soccer is dead. Let's get to, uh, let's get to our friend Kirk Morrison. This is going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy it. Kirk Morrison coming up right now. Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold Miller Lights. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. Oh my gosh, folks, gather around. Everyone gather around, listen to these words. The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. With same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more, don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And if you're new to DraftKings, you gotta check this out. New customers, listen to me, you bet just five bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. 
Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code DAN. That's code DAN for new customers. And you get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. That's insane. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort in Kansas, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. All right, Kirk Morrison with us here on Stupidity. Played for the Oakland Raiders, was a tackling machine for the Oakland Raiders, uh, and he joins us now. Uh, check out his uh, his weekly show, L.A. Gridiron, with Kirk Morrison. Kirk, before we get started, tell the audience about that show. Well, L.A. Gridiron, we, first of all, first of all, thanks for having me, Stu, by the way, man. You're my yeah, guy. Yeah, man. Uh, that's first and, first and foremost. <laughs> thank you for joining us, yeah. man. I'm so rude. I'm a fucking asshole, Kirk. <laughs> yeah, first and foremost, thank you for having me. Uh, but no, uh, L.A. Gridiron Weekly is something that uh, I know I've been pushing for. It's been five years. So the Rams and uh, actually have been back in Los Angeles since 2016. And since 2016, there has not been a, a football show just all about football in LA and we're spoiled out here still like honestly we're like so spoiled because in Los Angeles it's like when football season's over actually I don't even know if it's really over because we're already gearing up for the Los Angeles Lakers or even if you're a Clippers fan you go to the Clippers we still got USC UCLA you know if, you, if that's if you're a college uh, guy you still have the Dodgers who just won a World Series you know you could go Angels with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout so you have all this going on and so football has been lost in the off seasons. No one's talking about it. So finally, I had the opportunity to launch LA Gridiron Weekly. And each week, we just talk football. We're talking football in Los Angeles from Rams, Chargers. We even stretch out to the desert with the Raiders as well. And then obviously, we talk about just football across the country because LA has a lot of transplants. So trust me, I get a lot of Jets calls. I'm getting Eagles calls. I'm getting Giants calls. It, it, it's fun because it's like we have a little community and we get to just talk football for what goes on in the NFL 365. But is it fair to say, Kirk, the calls that you get, the most miserable of the calls that you get are the ones from Jet fans? Is that fair? Uh, no, actually, I've got a couple of Jaguars calls, but those calls have went uh. from misery. <laughs> they have went to misery to happiness now that they've drafted Trevor Lawrence. And look, I'm a former Jaguar myself, so when I see some Jaguar calls pop up in there, and, uh, and more so now because of Tim Tebow. So now you get that excitement now as well. I got a Jaguars question for you later. We're <laughs> okay. gonna do some true or false, fill in the blank. But uh, yeah. what do you th- what do you make what do you make of it? Forget about the Jaguars, you know, signing Tim Tebow. Right. They signed him. He leads the NFL in jersey sales. That's probably mm-hmm. why they signed him. But what do you make of the hysteria around the signing of Tim Tebow? It's crazy. It, it, it's crazy because Stu, I go back to 2011 when I was with the Buffalo Bills, and I remember we were warming up. Uh, well, we went out for pregame warmups, right, Stu? Check this out. I walk out there. And I'm getting ready to do my warm-up routine. And this is not the actual team warm-up. And I literally, I'm looking around, and I see Tim Tebow warming up. And literally, this is like routes on air. So think about, when we say routes on air, it's like, this is, it's, it's like go play and catch with your dad or something. And he literally threw a couple of dribblers in just a regular warm-up. <laughs> I remember walking into my locker room and said, there's no way we're going to let his ass beat us today. I'm telling you, <laughs> Tim, Timbo, Tim Tebow is not beating us today. And I promise you, man, it was uh, it was fun. We ended up winning that game in 2011 over the Denver Broncos. But 
it, it was crazy to see how many people were around during his warmups. I was with the Jaguars in 2010 uh, when he first got drafted to the Denver Broncos right. when Kyle Orton was the actual starter and he was yes. the backup. And that first game was in Jacksonville. So not only you have all the people who saw Tim in high school, who watched him, you know, nearby in Gainesville, they were at warmups and it was like a half capacity already just to watch him warm up. It was unbelievable. I think a lot of it has to do with that. Um, Tim Tebow is good for a player coach, but playing in the NFL is just not going to happen. I don't see him making the <laughs> roster, but hey, it, it's a cool thing to talk about. It's going to be yes. fun. Bring people out for training camp and all that good stuff. But if Tim Tebow is making the NFL, trust me, it's a lot of dudes right now who are going to hit the weight room and get ready to make a comeback. You see, I think Urban Meyer loves him so much that I think not only will he make the team, I think I'll make the Pro Bowl. <laughs> at quarterback, at quarterback. So, he, so he's got your all-pro vote then. I got it. So you give him your I – know, I know you got an all-pro vote. That's what it is. I don't have an all-pro vote. Uh, wait, do you have an all-pro vote? No. I don't have one of those. Okay. <laughs> oh, that is so great. Wait, so you beat T-Bus. But that was the year with Kyle Orton where Orton actually got off to a good start. I think the Broncos were 6-1. and one, yeah. And then T-Bus took over. That's the year he won a playoff game, Yeah, right? that's the year he won a playoff game. So yes. 2010 is when it all happened. He won that playoff game, and then everybody was, like, shocked. And then he went in as a starter the following year. And obviously things – you know, didn't go the way that the Broncos uh, thought they would. And I remember in 2012, which was probably John Elway's claim to fame that he got Peyton Manning to come over to the Denver Broncos. Because without that, I mean, John Elway as an executive has not been really great. He's been okay, but he has not been great. But, you know, him being able to get Peyton Manning after that Tebow year of 2011 is probably one of his saving graces as a as an executive. Mikey, yeah, we have found we have found the guy here. I mean, Kirk Morrison might have to be one of our rotating uh, co-hosts here. I mean, he is just letting it fly. Always a bit overrated. I agree. I mean, <laughs> I mean honestly, he would he, he would tell you that. Come on, man, he's a guy that he, he's real with himself. That's why he had to hire George Patton this year. Brought him over from the Minnesota Vikings to be the general manager. He's now hiring people to help him out and helping him make these decisions. So hopefully, it works out for the Broncos. Kirk, that was just a nice way. It was well. It was. It was. It was not a very nice way of saying "fuck." You're good at this shit, man. <laughs> All good. Hey, man. Uh, so you grew up in Oakland and you were drafted by the Raiders. Like, how cool was that for you, man? Man, born, born and raised in Oakland, California. Uh, when the Raiders came back, well, so remember the Raiders were gone when um when I kind of really got into football. They were down in Los Angeles. My fans never wavered. I mean, my my family never wavered as fans. They still were Raiders fans. They would make those trips to Los Angeles. I would see those pictures of my mom and dad. And, um, you know, they had pictures in the L.A. Coliseum watching those Raiders. So there was this time when I was in like middle school, uh, high school that you had to kind of like, you know, pick your allegiance. All right. Either you're going to be Raiders or you're going to be Niners. Now, right. a lot of my family, a lot of my, well, not a lot of my family, some of my family, some of my friends. They all went to the Niner side. They all went over to the cheese and crackers and wine and all that. They went over to San Francisco. And I'm like, no, I'm still going to be a Raider. And in 95, they came back to Oakland. And me and my dad, we've been season ticket holders ever since. Um, you know, from 95 until I got drafted, he was the one that was footing the bill. Then all of a sudden, when I got drafted to the Raiders, all of a sudden, I just kept getting this this, uh, this little note in, in, in my, at my house and it was my dad. I, it was the, basically the Father's Day gift that keeps on giving. So every Father's Day, he's like, I don't want a tie. Don't give me a pair of shoes. 
I could care less about a barbecue dinner. Just make sure my Raider tickets are paid for. And so it's been uh, ongoing and it just, you know, it kind of sucks that, um, you know, I won't have that opportunity since the Raiders have left, um, you know, Oakland and now now in Las Vegas. But we got something going. I think I'm going to get him on a couple trips out to Las Vegas. So nice. It'd be fun to get him uh, out there to see the new stadium and actually see that I have a brick there, a legacy brick for playing with the Raiders. We all have our legacy bricks. So I've seen nothing, pictures of it, but I can't wait to take my dad and take some pictures in front of the uh, Allegiant Stadium with it. L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. Check it out. Also repurposes a podcast. You can check it out wherever you get your podcast as well. Wait, you got a brick, man? So everyone who plays for the Raiders gets a brick? Like, yeah. That that? Even if you play one game, you get a brick? I mean, I don't know about one game. Like, Tui Asasopa to... has a brick? Come on. Yes, yes, he's got Tui. <laughs> Tui's got a brick, man. Really? He was... Yeah, Tui was my backup for a long – not my backup, but he was a backup quarterback for a long time. I love Tui, by the way. Great okay. dude. Uh, you know, offensive coach right now in, in the Pac-12, so I always tease him a lot when I see him and catch up with him. But every Raider has a has a brick. So Lewis Riddick, he has his brick out there in front of Allegiant right. Stadium. I know I've got mine, a, you know, a couple of the longtime Raiders and stuff. So it's been pretty cool. And I shout out to Mark Davis, by the way, um, making all the alumni feel comfortable, feel, feel like, hey, we're, you're a part of this. Building the Death Star, as they call it, down there in uh, Las Vegas, this was really like the birth of Raider Nation again. Because, look, I'm born and raised in Oakland. Did I want to see him leave? No. But I understand the economics of the NFL. And now I think it's a little cooler. And maybe my wife may not like this. But I get a chance to now go to Vegas and have a reason to go to Vegas. (laughs) No, I'm going to Vegas to go to a football game, right? I have to for work. (laughs) It's for work purposes. (laughs) And he gets too expensive, Mike. It's unbelievable. Even the gambling losses. There That's what it I is. Like. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that is so great. Wait, so I want to go back. So, wait, let's stay on the bricks for a second. Sure. Does Randy Moss even have a brick? Because I don't think he deserves one. <laughs> that guy, he didn't want to be there, Kirk. I mean, come man, on. So, hold on, man. Like, check this out. All right. So, okay. I'm a rookie in 2005, right. right? They trade for Randy Moss. So, you want to talk about an intimidating locker room that young Kirk Morrison walks into in Oakland? I walk into a locker room and here I have future Hall of Famers in Warren Sapp, Charles Woodson, and Randy Moss. Not to mention wow. other guys like Big Ted Washington. Derek Burgess was a, uh, a great Philadelphia Eagle for a long time. He came over to the Raiders. Uh, I had like all of these great players that I walked into a locker room and I'm like, like it was in awe. So I always tell people the story too. So like Jumpman, we all see the, the Michael Jordan logo, right? Now you see him in college, yeah. now you see him in now in NBA uniforms and like that. Well, back in 2005, to be a part of Team Jordan or to wear his brand, you had to be a hell of a player. Right. I had three of those players on my team. So Holy like shit. every Monday, I felt like it was a Jordan outlet, like a factory. <laughs> I mean, boxes piled high of shoes, cleats. I remember I still have an iPod, not iPad, iPod holder, the first iPod generation that they had so much stuff. They would just give it away. It was like Christmas for all like the rookies, first year, second year guys. You know, I mean, Randy Moss would kick off shoes after a workout and literally throw them to me. I have some shoes that people have never seen. Even I have them hidden that these are player edition shoes. So I, I, I give Randy Moss as my teammate. I give him a ton of props. He was a good dude. He brought turkey bacon every single day. Like his own turkey bacon. He made turkey bacon at home and brought it to the practice facility every day and ate it. So always one of my best teammates. But did he get along with the coaching staff? 
Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but you felt like even though he was a nice teammate, he didn't want to be there, right? You felt that. <laughs> well, I think it was the year that we had Art Shell as the head coach in twenty in two thousand six, where I went. Well, not I went, but as a team, we went two and fourteen. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody wants to be there. So, <laughs> so when Bill Belichick is saying, hey, we'll take Randy, trust me, Randy ran with open arms, say, get me out of this, please. That is so great. Uh, Kirk, just going back for the uh, to the draft for a moment, um, I can't imagine the emotional, like for you and your dad to grow, to have season tickets, to go to Raider games yeah. together, and then you're drafted, I think it was the third round, correct? Yeah, uh, by the correct. Oakland Raiders. How emotional was that for, for your dad, for both of you? Well, it was emotional for the whole family in general. I think my dad more so because, you know, he's, uh, you know, retired a long time, long shoreman in Oakland. And so, you know, that's what the guys do down at the port, right? They talk about football. Um, you know, you don't go to work on Mondays if your Raiders lost and the 49ers won, right? Because you had this, you know, like I said, both, it's two sides. You're the Raider or you're 49ers. So to see him be able to walk into work and, you know, have his chest out saying my son is a Raider, that was awesome. I think the bigger story was that my mom had a fear of flying. Um, she went to the Olympics in 96 in Atlanta and she had the worst flight experience and she never flew anymore. So throughout my college career, she would take a 10 hour bus ride from Oakland to San Diego for you know my games at San Diego State. So it was a 10 hour bus ride down, 10 hour bus ride back to Oakland. So when I got drafted, I had more tears of joy for her knowing that right. 10 hour bus ride went to a 10 minute drive from downtown Oakland to the Oakland Coliseum. So I was really tears of relief, man, of relief, man. So yeah, she yes. was she, she was smiling ear to ear. She was happy. So, uh, but you know, all the family, we, uh, no, the thing is I didn't have to buy any gear though. You know what I mean? Like, you know, some players be like, Oh, I got to go buy jerseys and the hats and t-shirts. You had it all. The family already had it. I was good. <laughs> I was good. I tell people I made it out good. <laughs> That's how I, I was able that. to keep some damn money out of the situation. Wait, Kirk, but I didn't go broke. <laughs> I, I, I want to make I want to uh, I want to make you aware of a situation. You're speaking to two guys, myself and Mikey A, yeah. who have spent a lifetime not showing up to work on Mondays <laughs> because we're Jet fans and everyone else is Giants. Okay? <laughs> Most Tuesdays, so you, too. you understand it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> so you uh, you understand the pain that that goes on in the bay area right now for a lot of yes people. yes yes we do we understand losing no one understands losing better than us right okay? <laughs> uh, la gridiron weekly with kirk morrison he's with us here on stupidity he's fantastic um i want to do a couple of fill in the blanks with you it's a true and false and sure. then i want to get you out of here and i want to have you back on again if you're willing to do it absolutely man, man. great anytime anytime uh kirk morrison's welcome to the nfl moment was blank um whoo um hearing the great Larry Allen, left former left guard, all pro. I believe he holds like the bench press record in the NFL for like <laughs> 700 pounds. Yep. Uh, my welcome to the NFL moment was me lining up over him, knowing that I may have to tangle with him at the snap of the ball. And he playing in him playing with a dip in his mouth. And yet it was rolling off <laughs> of his mouth. And him grunting before every snap and then i'm out the snap actually happens and he literally grabbed me and i've never been grabbed by a man in that kind of manner before (laughs) (laughs) and literally almost has me like a rag doll and i remember my coach says what the hell happened morrison i was like man that is not a man that is a beast (laughs) (laughs) 
I didn't play against those guys at San Diego State, no. Coach. I, I, Coach, I don't know what that is, but that is, that is not a man. That is a beast. And, uh, I, you know, I, I see why he's a Hall of Famer for a reason. So that was my welcome to the NFL moment. And it definitely told me make sure to uh, use your speed and athleticism, your quickness to get around that. Right. He was like, you don't have to go deal with him. He said, just get around him. And so that's how I learned how to learn how to slip a block. I love that. The hardest Kirk Morrison ever hit someone was blank. Wow, the hardest person I hit probably was uh I think I had a big hit on Matt Castle. One that I re- ones that I remember because there's some big hits. Right. And uh we weren't, you know, some you like I, I hit Ladanian Tomlinson a couple times because we hit to tango in the AFC West, uh, you know, when it was Raiders Chargers. So I got him once. I know I got Larry Johnson a couple times, the running back for the Chiefs. But I think it was one where going against Matt Castle, and this is when I had like a full head of steam, where I hit him so hard that I remember I almost knocked myself out. Like I had to regain myself for a minute. So I took a knee, and people thought I was taking a knee because I was tired. Like, no, I was like, I almost knocked my own damn self out trying to hit him. So, yeah, for all those for all the cool kids listening, it's on YouTube. If you want to YouTube it, Kirk Morrison hit on Matt Castle. And you can kind of see that Matt Castle's actually a big boy, big big guy, big guy, quarterback, former of the uh former Tom Brady backup. Wait, all right, so I know what Mike's doing, and I'm doing the same thing, Kirk. I'm going there right now. I'm gonna do it right now. I gotta go there. Kirk Morrison hit. I was gonna ask the hardest you've ever been hit, but it seems like it's the same answer. I mean uh, I think the hardest um that I've been hit was I know I got a stinger once. I tried to hit the, uh, I don't know if you remember, the big running back from Michigan State, TJ Duckett. Remember he was drafted? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. And then he went over to the Detroit Lions. So we're down by the goal line. And, you know, when you get down by the goal line inside the five-yard line, you got to come with a head of steam. So I got a head of steam. I got a wide-open shot. And I literally hit him. And this rush, this cold rush sensation went down my back. And so that's how I knew what a stinger was. I didn't never knew what it was until that was like my first real-life stinger that I had. And uh, it was because I was trying to tackle a guy who was 250 pounds playing running back. Like, that's just not fair. Oh, Matt shit, Castle. You lit up Ooh, Matt Castle. Matt Castle. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, whatever your last answer was, I'm certain it was great. I was watching you. <laughs> hey, do you, do you. Now do you see me get on the knee? The knee is me trying to recover. <laughs> yes, I see you. Yes, I see it all now. This is fantastic. Thank you for sharing that with us. Absolutely, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, most impressive thing you've ever seen Randy Moss do was blank, besides the turkey bacon. Uh, most impressive thing I would say, man, just his first practice must see TV. So we, you know, Randy didn't go through like the OTAs and mini camps, but I remember training camp was one in which like, there's only a few times I think in my life where like time stood still. And this was one of them where we, in, in their primes, you got Randy Moss and Charles Woodson one-on-one. We're talking about prime in their game. We're talking about Randy yeah. Moss, one of the best receivers, obviously hall of famer, same with Charles Woodson. And everyone couldn't wait to see the one-on-one. This was like this is like uh, Rice versus Dion, right? Like Jerry Rice versus Dion Sanders. You don't get this opportunity too often. And I remember just going up, getting ready, and everybody's getting ready for practice. And yet, when practice started, and the coach blew the whistle, all right, one-on-ones. The whole entire practice field went quiet, and everybody's focus went over to the wide receivers and defensive backs. 
just to watch Randy Moss and Charles Woodson. That was probably one of the coolest moments that I've ever seen because literally time stood still as we saw two of the game's best at their position go at it in one-on-ones. And uh, Randy got him the first time, Charles got him the second time, but it was just seeing that. Sure. Like that's the stuff that you don't get a chance to see Goosebumps. on TV. You yeah. don't get a chance to see that stuff, you know, on, on a regular game. But we got a chance to see it at at that practice. And the thing about it is those dudes never went at each other the rest of the rest of the training camp. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. <laughs> it was fun. They didn't want anything to do with each other. No, they were never good. I mean, you know, they they, right. they they can practice what they it's want to. It's only gonna hurt one of them. <laughs> right. Moss is like, that's the only guy that can stop me. And Woods is like, that's the only guy that can catch a touchdown on me, man. Exactly. <laughs> All right, I have to ask you this question because you mentioned Warren Sapp, and it's a long-running bit on our show, me oh, and Dan. Okay. Warren right. Sapp. So this is true or false? Warren Sapp has bad breath. True or false? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> That's the answer. I know the answer. You don't have to say You don't need, you don't need to answer <laughs> And the only reason why I say that is because Warren uh, was, was a, you know, he, he likes to dip a lot. So right. you got when you when you pack a chew literally every single day, and if you don't you know if you ain't got the crest on on deck and a toothbrush, it's probably not gonna be good, right? You know what I'm saying? If you ain't got the Listerine yes. mouthwash and you swigging it around and spitting it out, I'm just saying it kind of it leaves us an aftertaste, right? An aftersmell. Yes, yeah, that's for perfectly fair. Good. Yeah, for a guy yes. who speaks that loud and talks that loud, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, Mike, just put his initial response in and yes. edit out everything else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm joking. No qualifying. No, I'm teasing. We won't yeah. do that to you, Kirk. LA Gridiron Weekly with Kirk Morrison. Check it out also. Uh, check it out wherever you get your podcast. A couple of quick ones to get you out of here. True or false, Steph Curry is overrated. Oh, boy. No, man, get out of here. <laughs> oh, man. They got to make the playoffs, Kirk. I mean, come on. Yeah, they got to make the playoffs. But, you know, I, I, I'll say one, I wasn't a Steph fan. You know, being okay. playing with the Raiders at the time, they drafted Steph Curry. I thought it was the biggest mistake. I was a Monte Ellis fan. You know, watching Monte came out of the high school ranks and, you know, kind of watch him work his way up. And I, I'm like, dude, Monte's our guy. Why are we get drafting this Curry kid who just shoots threes and all that? He was, a, And he was a little tiny kid coming out of, um, you know, Davidson. So, like, how right. are we supposed to figure, like, this guy's going to be our guy for the future? And lo and behold, man, he's turned into, and then he had the fragile ankles. I'm like, Steph Curry can injure his ankle while stepping off the sidewalk. <laughs> I'm like, why do we have this guy? And then literally, uh, I started eating my words fairly quickly. I even bought a pair of Steph Curry's shoes. That's how much of a fan I am of him now. I think he's a testament to not just hard work, but a guy who had to overcome some things. You know, like people don't understand, like having an NFL, I mean, not NFL, but an NBA dad, it does come with an expectation. And he's not only exceeded those expectations. I thought he did a lot with what he had to work with. I mean, I'm not trying to be a Warriors like Homer, but that's fine. Look at still check this out. Ten guys on the roster play between the NBA and the G League. I'm just telling you what he had to work with. No one, no one okay. can tell you that. But think about how many two way players they had. You know, Wiseman, their first round pick. He's out for this whole, you know, before a major part of the season. Steph Curry did enough with what he had, and he was almost this close from making it to the playoffs, which could have been an MVP-type season. Um, we want to have you back on again, okay? Let's do it again, man. Let's do it again, man. Let's Just do get it again. your internet Be- right. Just get your internet right. We'll be all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to get – I want to have you on. I want to have you on often because I need to ask you if the only thing you enjoyed about playing in Jacksonville was the weather. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
weather and I, I would say probably the Hooters in Jackson Square. That was about it. Yeah, I know that one. I, I know that. I've been there with Baselli. See, everybody, uh, LA Gridiron. <laughs> yep, LA Gridiron Weekly uh, with Kirk Morrison. Check it out. Also check out his podcast. He does a lot of work with the Rams. We'll have him back on here uh, often because he's fantastic. Kirk, thank you, man. We appreciate it. Hey, fellas, anytime. Appreciate it. Thank you. Stupidity! Stu Gouts here for my friends over at Miller Lite. A lot's changed over the years. One thing that hasn't, the great taste of Miller Lite. Another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less filling. So, what is the best thing about the original light beer? Miller Lite sparked this debate in 1975, and we still haven't settled it. Listen, for me, it's simple. When I'm sitting around with friends, with family, we're at concerts, we're watching the Knicks finally win for the first time in 30 years, we're laughing, we're having a great time, we do it with ice cold. Miller Lite. Always have, always will. Miller Lite keeps it simple, undebatable quality, great taste, only 96 calories. It's the beer that strips away everything you don't need and holds on to what matters most. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and is less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash stew, or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 96 calories per 12 ounces, fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer.